hops, hops, hops. Hoppity hop, hop. Hops in my belly, <coughs> hops in my beer. It's my audio middle finger to lose. Beers and bitters, bitters and beers. to the first episode of Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue. Uh, I'm Kevin, and I'm joined here by my two beautiful other hosts, Alex and Lucas. Hey. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome to our first show where we talk about beer, bourbon, and barbecue, as the name says. Um, we are three guys from St. Louis, Missouri, who... Love beer, bourbon, and barbecue. Um, and we've been wanting to do a podcast now for what, Alex? How long? Two months? Three uh, months? Longer than that. Yeah. We took a tour of the distilleries, what, in March? Mm-hmm. Early March. And we decided either we're going to do a podcast or start a distillery. And a podcast is a lot cheaper. Yeah, that one. That one won the contest. The I mean, flew. we could still for start sure. a distillery, but... Neither of us have money to do that. Yeah, life goals. Yes, life goals. Um, so, what is beer, bourbon, barbecue? What is sauced on beer, bourbon, barbecue? Well, it's a podcast where we talk about our three favorite things. We talk about why we like those. We talk about what we like, um, and what what we want to get out of it. Lucas is over here laughing at me already. I don't know what. What the hell is going on with him? Um, Alex and Lucas have a chat open, a secret chat, and they're not, not sharing their things with me. I'm going to punch them. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I guess the best place to start is start with where we came from these things. Like, where's our origin stories? You know, our where's our long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you know? Um, for me... I was probably always into barbecue. I remember from like a 10 years old, it was the one thing I could do really well is do some good barbecue on my parents' Weber gas grill, which I don't even know if you can call barbecue. What do you, I mean? I think you call that grilling out. Yes, grilling out. <laughs> I'd make barbecue sauces. I'd take, I'd take stock barbecue sauces and turn them into these beautiful concoctions. Take all the KC masterpieces and mix them together? No, it was Malls. Malls barbecue. <laughs> Um, suicide barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and 
just kind of played with that. And then when we could start drinking, you two were against drinking when you turned 21. Like you both, I remember saying, I am not drinking. Yes, I <laughs> and I was like, we're going to a brewery days. for my birthday. And we went to Slafly. <laughs> and we drank a lot. And then I started getting you both drinking. Because you texted me. You were in California for your 21st. Yeah, I was in California for my 21st. I did drink on my 21st. I had a blue moon. Yes. I remember you texted me and you said, what? Because what, your birthday is in November. Yes. And my birthday was in March. So, you know, there's only what? Seven months, eight enough, months enough difference. Months. So we were just drinking blue moons and yeah. shock tops at the time. And I, you're like, what should I get? And then Alex, you didn't like beer to start with. No, I hated beer. But my only experience with beer up to that point was like Bud Light because that's what my family likes to drink. And so that's what I just Which thought. Which we have nothing against Bud Light. It is a fine St. Louis product mm-hmm. that has put St. Louis on the map. Definitely, definitely. That being said, I thought all beer was like that. It's got a no smell, no flavor. And I made it my personal <laughs> mission to get you a beer that you were going to like. I think... It took a long time. Oberon, Bell's Oberon, I think was the one that, for your birthday, was that the birthday we snuck into your house and shot confetti at you? Yes. You didn't shoot it, you flung it at my face. That's right. (laughs) And I found Bell's Oberon for you and I bought it and I'm like, you're going to like this. I'm pretty sure I threatened you that if you didn't like it, we couldn't be friends or of something of that sort. And <laughs> no, that I think that you're right. That was the first one that was like, okay, I think I think I could like this. Still getting used to it, but yeah, uh, I was willing to try more, be a little more adventurous from there. So that's kind of how we got to beer. So barbecue, we've always kind of liked because it was the one thing that we could do before you're 21. <laughs> yes, before you're 21. Legally, then we got into <laughs> beer. And then, I it was before I got married, I saw a commercial for American Honey, Wild Turkey American Honey. And it was, like, the biggest commercial I'd ever seen. I was like, I want to try that. And it's funny thinking about it now, because I've tried it. And I drink way too much of it. I get really drunk on it, because I don't realize how much I've drank. It just tastes too sweet. Oh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, we're such snobs now. Um, <laughs> we really are. <laughs> and we've only been doing this for about, what, a year and a half? Yeah. It's uh, funny, I used to joke with my family, the the um, my family who just likes Bud Light, Bud Light Lime especially, that's that's their go-to. And back in the good old days, I used to think like, ah, oh, man, I can't believe they, they drink all the time and drink all that stuff. It's Why would they do that? And now it's like, oh, I can't believe they drink that garbage. They should drink this good stuff that I drink. The garbage from our St. Louis water source. Because, you know, that's what they put in the Delicious, and it's amazing. And everyone should try it. And then have a shot of bourbon afterwards. (laughs) So, uh, where were we before we went on this tangent of... How we got started with bourbon. Yeah, so bourbon. So my wife for my wedding bought me a nip. And if you don't know what a nip is, it's the little sampler airline bottle oh, man. that they give you. It wasn't even packaged well. No, it was in plastic. I think I actually still have <laughs> half of it in my dresser upstairs. Um, but she gave it to me, and I didn't even open it on our wedding. Like, 
before our wedding or anything like that. I saved it and I had it for like a couple months later and I tried it and I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever drank in my entire life. It tastes like pure lighter fluid. You didn't even like it then? No, I hated it. <laughs> um, and that was my first experience with bourbon. And it was terrible. And I thought, I'm never going to get into this. I'm a beer guy. True and true. And then I met a guy at work and we decided we were going to have a bourbon night. And I was like, great. I'm going to go get some bourbon. And I went to Friar Tucks down the street, um, which is our local... I guess it's big liquor store. It's yeah, a, it's one of the bigger ones. Yeah, it's like it's not a total wine and more, but it's not a mom and pop shop. Um, and that's where I bought my first bottle, which was a bottle of Old Forester, uh, eighty-six proof. And I remember I was walking down the aisle and I was like, "What the heck is going on here? What are all these bottles and?" What what do I choose? And there was two old guys who had to be like 75 years old and a brand rep standing there. I was like, hey, guys, what should I get? Like, I'm having a bourbon thing. I don't want to spend more than $20, $25. And they're like, well, you should get this old Forester. I had never had it at that point in time. So I bought it blind, took it to this bourbon tasting night where we had old Forester, we had Bullet, Frontier Whiskey. We had White Owl, which is a Canadian whiskey that a guy had brought back. He'd gotten off a plane that day from Canada. He went to Quebec, Canada. And it was like in the airport. And he's like, shit, I need to buy a bottle of whiskey for this bourbon night. And he bought it. So he didn't bring bourbon to a bourbon night? No, he brought whiskey. Um, Damn Canadians. Then we had a guy who brought <laughs> Green Apple Serpent's Bite. And if I thought American honey was bad at the time, this was literally a straight port on the drain. <laughs> and then we had some Hopsky, which is a local distiller here in St. Louis. It's uh, still 630, I believe, is who makes it. Um, and it's brewed with, or it's, I guess, distilled. It's They use spent hops from their brewery to make this bourbon. It's really hoppy. It, it, it was good. I'd like to go back to it now and try it, but I didn't like it at the time. But my old Forester and the Bullet were like the go-to bourbons. And I think that's what really started my passion for bourbon. And I think then my wife said before like before school that I needed to go take, we are going to go take a trip to the uh, bourbon trail. What are you two doing over there? He typed something. Oh, oh. There, I found it. <laughs> and uh, we were going to go on the bourbon trail, and I think I told you about it. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember. Yeah, I think there was a have fun. Yeah. I, my, my whole thing with Kentucky was like, you can't drink down there, so why would I go? <laughs> Which is completely false, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's Tennessee. But, <laughs> that is Tennessee, that's not Kentucky. It, that's what we thought at the time. I mean, like, at the time, I didn't drink American bourbon. I drank Irish whiskey. Yeah, I didn't like American bourbon. I remember you brought over a bottle of Jameson once to my I house. I left a bottle of Jameson at your house at all times. And it's, I believe it's still, <laughs> it's still here. here. I think it's the same bottle as it years is. ago. It is. But and yeah, like my first bourbon was Maker's Mark, and I just wasn't that big a fan at the time. But I think it was because I was expecting it to be peaty and taste like Jameson or Tool of Do, and it didn't. Because so I'm like, why would anybody drink it if it doesn't taste like this? But it's, you know, that was it's completely so, different now, because I love Maker's Mark. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I thought when I went down there on the bourbon trial, I was like, Lucas really likes this Maker's Mark stuff. I'm going to try it. And it's good. It's really good. Um, and it's not expensive either. Like, Mm-mm. it's nice. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great. I, I think that's the first one so, I had too. Yeah. So that whole first bourbon trip kind of like excited me about bourbon. We went to like all the places like Buffalo Trace, Woodford. And I think that's what kind of kicked my passion for bourbon and all these three things i brought back a bottle of eagle rare and i remember i was sharing it with you guys and i was like this is what they say is like the bourbon go-to like and i don't know like from there like i just started liking it and i started collecting it and getting bottles of it and Man, you very, jumped way in i jumped eagle rare for your first one <laughs> i jumped feet first in um and and then we decided, I don't remember how you got into it, Alex. Like, I think it was not long after you got back from that trip, because I remember, you know, every time we, we hung out, it was, here, try this beer, here, try this beer, here, try this beer, and, you know, you finally got me. I started liking beer and different craft beers and, and experimenting more with that, and then all of a sudden we come over and you're like, here, try this, this is bourbon. I'm like, what the hell is bourbon? And... It's like, oh, it's whiskey. And the only the only other experience up to that point that I had with whiskey, I think, was years ago. I, I got to try a little of your bottle of uh, Jameson also. <laughs> and that was back before I even drank beer. So and nobody having, likes my Jameson. Having a shot of your that. Your Jameson just, is very good now. Now that I... I, I can <laughs> appreciate it now. I love it. But, but I, I still don't drink it. It's still upstairs. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And, and you told me, I'm sure you... Um, filled my ear up with all the stuff you'd heard on your first distillery trips, which at the time I didn't understand or really care about. And I was probably right. really annoying about it, too. <laughs> I mean, I get it now. I am equally annoying about it. But I, I think that night I did have um, Maker's Mark and Eagle Rare. And no, not being able to appreciate too, too much out of it, I still enjoyed it. And, and it was pretty good. And so... I think a week or so later, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll get a bottle. I'm kind of interested. I'll, I'll try it. I'll get one. Do you remember what you got? It was Maker's Mark. Okay. That was my, the first bottle I got. Went to Schnucks and spent way too much on <laughs> that bottle at the time. A whole $26. Oh, it was more than that. What did you? It was just it was priced Schnucks. up real high at the bottom. <laughs> and I didn't know any better. Um, but I had that and, and just started going from there. And then tried all the bottles that you were buying. <laughs> so then that kind of led us to our infamous bourbon and pie night. And that was kind of like the catalyst for our friendship of drinking and eating and doing a lot of drinking. I mean, we were friends before then. We just we were. didn't drink as much. Yeah, because yeah. we all went to college together. But at a small Baptist college, <laughs> drinking is not allowed at all especially when your uncle is the dean of students yeah. and you're working for a department of technology or what special events and well, on yeah. campus all the time but and, i mean all three of us were also in positions where we had to sign letters of in like we would not drink i remember my senior year i had to sign that letter and i was like yeah i'm not following this because <laughs> um, i wanted to drink beer because I liked beer. <laughs> and I actually had a conversation with the director of the group I was in. Like, 
I will sign this and I'll abstain from having sex and drugs and wearing a two-piece bikini swimsuit, but <laughs> I'm not going to agree to the part about not drinking. I uh, think the biggest thing they most worried about was that two-piece bikini on <laughs> Probably. I mean, at least you were honest about it. Well, you know, I'm just looking out for everybody. Um, just glad at the time that I didn't care about it at all, so I'm like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't even like this stuff. So... That kind of let, I mean, that's, we didn't try it in college or anything like that. So this beer, and or I'm sorry, not beer, bourbon and pie night was like the first time we'd got together with bottles of bourbon. And we bought, I bought a big old pie from Costco. Remember a big old apple pie? Yeah. And we all brought something sweet and we all bought a bottle of bourbon. And I found a bottle of E.H. Taylor small batch. And Lucas, you brought a bottle of Henry McKenna 10 year. I won that night. And then yeah, Alex brought two sure. star bourbon from Total Wine and More on some recommendation, wasn't it? It or... was a store pick. Yeah. Oh, the store pick. <laughs> and it was fifteen dollars. We need to get this off the shelf. Uh, Somebody buy this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure they still have about ten bottles they of have that a there. A lot of it there. Uh, and I get why now. <laughs> so we started drinking, and I had bought my bottle of E.H. Taylor like three days beforehand and I had to stop myself multiple times from opening it up because I wanted the, the first time to try it with you two and it was amazing oh, yeah. like it was fantastic and then we opened up that bottle of Henry McKinnon and it was the grossest thing we ever had you shouldn't buy Henry McKinnon ever because wink, wink. yes wink wink because if you buy it then there's less for us to drink I hope uh, we never run them out of production. I don't think we will, but um, that was, I think, one of the best bottles of bourbon I've ever bought. Well, I didn't buy it. You bought it. Yes. And, left it and then left it at my house. It was awesome. Yes. It was the best housewarming gift you've ever given me. I don't leave a lot of hard alcohol at my house. I know. You leave it at my house and I drink it. Yeah. Mainly because I'm here enough. Yeah. Like, I don't have to really worry about it that much. So, that was in, like... Was that December? It was January. January. Because we were going to try and do it for Christmas, before Christmas, and then we had a wicked snowstorm. Is that what it was? Something came up like that. It was like the only time we got snow that year. Yeah. And so we had this, and then that, was it that night? Or you came over later, and we were talking about going on a trip. You and I, we wanted to take our wives on a trip. It was later. Yeah, it was later. And we decided we were going to go do the bourbon trail again. And you and I were all gung-ho about it, and we were so excited, Alex. And I forgot that my wife was pregnant at the time. <laughs> Which is terrible to forget. We Which, yes, is terrible to forget. But that. I was so excited about going again to the bourbon trail with you and sharing this that I just chose to forget she was pregnant. And it all planned before you remembered. And we well, told we her. this old trip plan, so. I remember we went upstairs and told her, and she was not happy. I don't remember that part. Well, she might have not been happy after you guys left. <laughs> She's good at hiding that. Until um, <laughs> so, we took this second trip, and with my pregnant wife, so we had a designated driver the entire time. It worked out. And that was kind of where I For me. got to try more bourbon, actually see what I liked in bourbon and all that. We met some crazy cool people. Hopefully, we'll have them on the show later. The Hartfield and Co. guys, I'd like to get them on. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, just tried really good bourbon. And yeah, I, I I agree. I think the bourbon pie night really, you know, I was interested before then because of the different things I had tried with you, but 
Now, all the bottles we brought that night were all new. None of us had ever tried any of them before. Mm-hmm. I think that was the rule. Yeah, we had a rule right. about it beforehand, so it was like... And at the time, even then, I still wasn't very good at picking up the different nuances and the different flavors between them, but still had enough where I could tell a difference. It's like, I, I'm, I'm surprised that there is such a big difference between all these different bottles, which, again, like with beer back in the day, I thought they were all pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're buying the same thing, there's not a big difference. But there is a huge difference between the three that we brought and a couple others that we decided to have that we had already had that night as we got into it. And so I wanted, I just wanted to learn more. I'm like, okay, this is, there's some science to this, there's some art to this, there's definitely a lot more to this than just, there's a bottle of whiskey, let's get drunk. And I think that was, too, like, I'm glad that I had done a bourbon tour beforehand because I'm pretty sure we would have all opened those three bottles and drank, like, one sip of them and been like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Maybe we'd have had a couple more, but we started learning how to drink bourbon. Like, I I had an idea. I had a really good tour guide at Woodford Reserve who taught this three-step drinking process um, and how to really taste bourbon. And I think that was so important to kind of help us get to enjoy bourbon because i think we would have burnt out really quickly oh sure because i mean even at that time like even that night when i went to go pick up uh the henry mckenna like when i got there like i looked at the bourbon section and didn't see anything that like called out to me i'm like maybe i'll just bring an irish whiskey sure i would have been so pissed off but i'm so happy i didn't it was a bourbon night and irish whiskey is not bourbon (laughs) i know but like at the point like at that time even in january like i wasn't drinking bourbon because i was like i like irish whiskey more but uh, i ended up hopping on reddit while i was at the store and we just started looking through the reviews that people were leaving and everybody seemed to love the henry mckenna i was like i mean it can't i mean yeah if we don't like it it means we don't like bourbon not (laughs) it's bad yeah so, I guess then we kind of did our first tasting there that night. And that was like our first tasting together. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of came up with how we like tasting bourbon. Like, I mean, we had heard like this three-step process. I told you guys about it. And it's amazing how much your tastings change. Oh, yeah. Like, just from the smelling of it. Like, I mean, obviously you stick your nose in the glass, you know. And we weren't drinking out of Glen Cairns at the time. Um, I think that would have made a difference that night, but as we... I don't know if I would have noticed the difference, even, even then. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I think it would have been a little bit stronger. We were drinking out of rocks glasses that night. Um, and I don't know, did we have ice and stuff, or... Uh, I think we started adding stuff later. Like, we started adding water and ice later on down, like, if something didn't taste right. But, like, so we did our tasting, and we would do our sniffs and all that, and I told, I think... We talked about, like, why we should sniff with our mouth open and all that, and that was interesting. Like, I feel like after our second trip on the Bourbon Trail, Alex, you started understanding tastings a little bit better. Mm-hmm. For our third trip, we're getting Lucas. You're going to come with I'm us. I'm going to come this time, yeah. I mean, I all three of us are Maker's Mark ambassadors, so we have, like, I like have seven more years until right? we can go get our, <laughs> our bottles. I'd hate for all my subjects to never meet me. You know, it'd be terrible. Yeah. Doing all this work for my... Your bottle. My barrel. <laughs> Your barrel that you didn't even sign up for that I signed yeah. you up for when I went through Maker's Mark gift shop because I was like, Lucas really likes Maker's Mark. I'm going to get him a bottle. And then I realized, oh, it's not a free bottle. You have to pay for the bottle. But okay, whatever. And their gift shop prices aren't cheap because they sell it at above cost so that they don't put out the mom and pop shops. And sure. So, like, I think 
learning from like all these distillers and all these tastings and all that really helped us kind of refine our palates and understand kind of a little bit more you know we understand the have your mouth open when you're taking a sniff um because it kind of gets that whole nasal mouth passage open you can actually taste all the flavors and all that um one of the big things you don't like if you like especially if you like don't expect the smell of something or like that mm-hmm. that burn having your mouth open is going to eliminate a lot of that yeah whereas so, if you just smell something you it just all stays in your nose yeah yeah and I, I remember that so much with the henry mckinnon like that smell is still like ingrained in my head like it smells like the rick houses it, it smelled like old oak that's been charred and just sitting there and it was just amazing yeah, that's funny because again at the time that night or our bourbon and pie night, my palate was still so unrefined and just so bad at picking up anything that I I don't remember much of the different flavors, but I really took that when we did two months later do that dis- all of those distillery tours I really took that tasting process to heart and I want to talk about that a little more in depth because yeah something lead I us did. into that lead us into that I have um. I've tried sharing that with other people who have come over and had to endure my mine out bourbon rambles and talks. Most of them seem interested because oh. it's an interesting subject. Um, but the the tasting process people are always surprised about because of the difference it makes to just, I've never had whiskey here, let's put it in a glass, drink it, oh, it tastes like alcohol, I don't get anything mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. So, and we went to, was it like eight different distilleries? I got a list of them. So we went to Buffalo, we went to Woodford, Four Roses, Maker's Mark, Hartfield & Company, Limestone, Evan Williams, and the Jim Bean Stillhouse. So it was it. So That's impressive. It was. It was a good trip. So the tasting process that they all taught us was all extremely consistent. And I think that's part of why I took it to heart so much. So the first one was, this, as Kevin, you've mentioned already, the, um, the initial sniff. Mm-hmm. Or, or nosing the whiskey that they talked about. And I'm not an expert at all, but this is just what I've picked up and, and practiced since then. Those, was it six months? <laughs> so six months, not quite an expert. But you stick your nose like in the glass almost. Like you get right up in there. But Which you... doesn't work well for me with a Glen Cairn. Because yeah. my big nose yeah. hits on the glass. And But keep going. <laughs> so you stick your nose up in there and... You can almost, like, for a lot of them, just feel the alcohol at that point. You don't even need to take a sniff in. But they tell you, you're not breathing in your nose. Because if you breathe in your nose, all you'll get is that initial alcohol. And it'll numb your senses so much that you won't be able to really smell or appreciate anything after that. And so instead of breathing through your nose, you breathe in through your mouth. And you kind of suck the air in that way. And that way, the aromas pass kind of by your nose not quite through your nose and that's how you start to get those initial flavors yeah so i think that was so important with us because i think if we wouldn't have done that it would just been such a turnoff for bourbon and i think that led us to then actually trying it and the tasting Mm -hmm. of it and the sipping of it and i remember the one guy at woodford reserve said you know do it in three sips you know your first sip is going to be your harshest sip. It's going to be what they call the Kentucky hug. And I think that was the most embarrassing sip for <laughs> us because, you know, being that we are new in bourbon, well, I mean, I'll own up to it. I was coughing up a storm, you know. 
Which I've heard, I've heard now, you know, is totally okay to do. Like that's that's <laughs> fine to do, but it just gives you that warm hug, right, going down your esophagus, that high heat. Depending on what you're drinking, mm-hmm. um, yeah. If you breathe wrong during that, it's embarrassing. Oh yeah, and you feel like such a wuss. But I, I've been following some people, and they're saying, you know, even the best sometimes do that. You know, um, just get too excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that second sip you take after your mouth has been acclimated to the taste of the bourbon is to um, really do the Kentucky Chew, where you're sloshing it around in your mouth. You want to feel the different, not feel, but taste the different parts of the bourbon. You know, you use the front of your tongue for, like, you know, the more sharpness and all that and the bitters. And, you know, you can really start tasting the notes of that stand out like the oakiness of it you can taste the char a little bit you get a little bit of you know whether it's that corn or that wheat you know what was used in it um and then that third sip you actually start noticing even more things i think like chocolates and caramels and you know the more refined taste that you know you you know if you did only one or two sips you wouldn't notice those things you know and I think trying to get yourself to do those three sips is probably the best part. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like even though like I don't remember a lot of... Like, I couldn't tell you what a Henry McKenna tastes like or a two-star tastes like right now. I'd have to drink it again to get tell you what it's going to taste like. I remember that night, like, being the first time I ever did that, noticing a big difference between all three. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you, you drink that first one, and then you drink the second one, and you're like oh wow that is a little bit different and then in your mind you're like the third one can't be that much different i'm just gonna taste this again and you taste it and you're like it tastes like i'm drinking a completely different glass it was almost a bigger difference between two and three yeah 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 and i think it's amazing how much of that difference there is like i don't think you realize that there's this huge difference until you actually try it Mm. i mean like it i don't know like it just it's hard to explain yeah unless you're actually doing it and if you've never done it before I would totally you, recommend you do it. Yeah. But even going back to the first sip, like, there, there is still a feel. Like, there's not just a difference in taste between different bourbons. There's a difference in feel, too. Some are a little more oily. Some are a little more fluid. Some can be a little creamy. And that's something that I've more read than experienced because that's still another step in the yeah. palate-developing process that you have to really have a lot of different ones um and and it really helps as far as feel and flavor goes if you read a review or go to that distiller's website and and they can kind of tell you what to look for but almost doing that after you've tried it one time i found is better yeah because for me personally like i want to find stuff on my own and i want to see like am i noticing those tastes and all that yeah i get what you're saying the thing for me was at first and and i noticed this during the the distillery tours when again i still didn't really know what i was doing um they each each taste leader taste captain the person that led oh, the tasting. Oh, okay. I, I was like, you're drinking a liter of bourbon? Like, yes. holy cow. Like, I'm, pretty sure they only, I'm pretty sure they only give you 1.3 <laughs> ounces on each tour. But, you know, hey, if you got more and didn't tell me. I was selfish back then. I'm, I apologize. I tried to convince my pregnant wife to give me all hers. But she's like, that's not part of the tour. And that's not. Which she didn't drink. I just no, want to make yes. it clear. She did she not did not drink. drink a drop. But. 
She's a rule follower. So anyway, our, our taste captains, they would all ask the group, what flavors are you picking out? And and they'd throw some out, some caramel, some honey, some chocolate. Um, you know, there's so many different kinds. And I'm like, I'm not really getting any of this. Yeah. But you know, I didn't know what to look for. And after I knew what to look for, and, and they said, okay, this bourbon does have a heavy nutty taste or there's some fruitiness some citriness um citrusiness in there i could start to pick those things out and and then i got in my head and in my nose and on my palate okay this is what a fruity bourbon tastes like and now when i drink a new bourbon i can relate to that i'm like okay this is kind of a fruity and i think if i'm gonna make a recommendation for everybody is to go to woodford reserve to do your first like if you never had bourbon and you want to go into go to Woodford Reserve. Not only is it like Bourbon 101, like you're in the middle of like green horse pastures, mm-hmm. this picturesque bourbon distillery right by this river, but they do the best job, I feel like, of telling you what you're tasting, what you're trying, and all that kind of stuff. And they've got these amazing flavor wheels with all these um, just awesome notes about what their bourbons have and all that kind of stuff and i think that's so important you know like if you haven't tried bourbon go there first you know i think their tour guides are very professional very well versed and have a knowledge and all that kind of stuff which is i mean the other tour guides were incredible i mean i had freddie johnson on my first tour at buffalo or i guess on my second tour at buffalo trace and if you don't know who freddie johnson is i would encourage you to look into him like he is like the bourbon god supposedly well I'm, I'm not supposedly he is the bourbon god he knows everything his like three generations have worked at buffalo trace um but i think that woodford really helped me understand and helped me pick up more on what are these flavors and these you know what am i tasting in my bourbon and all that so and I think the biggest thing, you know, is if you do a tasting, no matter what you're trying, just enjoy it. Have fun with it. Invite people over. Pair it with, you know, if you need to add a couple drinks, drops of water or some ice, do that. Make the bourbon enjoyable for you. Like, I feel like that was something that I was so worried I had to be the tough guy to drink it neat, you know, and just not mix it with anything. But I think that if you make bourbon enjoyable for you, what you like, you know, and I think the same thing goes for beer, you know, I'm not a very, you know, dark style beer. I'm not a stout or porter fan or by any means. I like my lagers, my pilsners, you know, my lighter stuff, but I'll try the other stuff, you know, at a brewery or something like that and just try it and see what you like. You'd be surprised. I think a lot of time what you'll pick up and you might start liking something. So, yeah, I mean, the big thing with water and adding it to it and stuff is like, or ice, you know, because it's going to melt down and stuff, is like you, you doing that, if you don't like the bourbon, there's a chance that if you add a couple drops of water, you're going to start liking it. Like, if you like a sweeter beer and this one's not quite sweet enough, I like I find like it, or a bourbon, if, I find like if I add a couple drops, it usually tastes a little bit sweeter. And Or even letting it air out. Yeah, even letting it just sit. Because there's been a couple of those where we tried yeah. it and like, this is not good. Like that Rowan's Creek that we had. It mm. tasted so young, but we let it sit out. I mean, I opened it up and let it sit for almost two and a half weeks before I tried it again. And it was good. I know your bullet tenure you let sit. And that was really good the mm. second time we had that. Yeah. Um, but I think the ice, like you were saying, Lucas, is just so... It can change something. And I think 
for a lot of people, just adding that one or two drops is going to cut your heat a little bit and make it for much sure. more enjoyable to where that you're not choking on it or something like that. I think just take baby steps in, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. and if you bought a whole bottle of this stuff and yeah. you expect to get through it, maybe find a way that you do like it. If you don't like it, neat. Yeah. Try it with water. Try, try it with, you know. Your and, old fashions that you were making. I mean, that yeah. was really good, um, Alex. And I think that's so important just to find some way, find somebody to drink it with. I mean, when we get together, we finish off a bottle pretty quickly. I mean, we've got three bottles sitting on our table right now. I would bet by the next time we come over, you guys come over, accounting for the amount that I'm going to drink. And <laughs> we will not that. finish all three of these bottles today. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, happen. we will not. But I mean, that bottle of, of 1792 over there, the small batch, that might disappear today. Maybe. Hmm. If we do some serious drinking in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> There's a chance. Yeah. But I think that we have a really good idea of, you know, what we like in bourbon. And I think sharing it together um, is just so important, you know, because I think if we do it up, oh, there's the rule. I just broke the rule. What, what was our rule? If you make a noise, if your computer makes a noise... <laughs> You have to do a shot of bourbon, so hand me the 1792 over there, Alex. I don't believe I, this was an accident, by the way. <laughs> I mean, my glass is empty, so. All right, so while you're doing your punishment shot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to get the good. There you go. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So gorgeous. Another thing you need to learn to appreciate is, as you get into bourbon like we have, but to, to your point, Kevin, about. Um, hold on, one more time. That's oh, great. so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, enjoying it with other people, especially if you know some people who have more experience into it. I know a big difference for me if it weren't for um, you, Kevin, and even you, Lucas, even though you weren't much into bourbon, you still had experience with Irish whiskey. Yeah. Um, having friends that had a little more knowledge and a little more experience to kind of help guide me into it, I, I don't know if I would have gotten into it without it because I would have gone through my first, you know, the first initial times I tried it and been like, I'm not really tasting anything from this. It's kind of sweet and I kind of like it, but mm -hmm. it mostly just burns. Um, having people to guide me to learn how to get past that, um, what the importance of adding a couple of drops of water, maybe a little bit of ice can do to the flavor profile, can do to the experience, uh, made a, a big, big difference. Yeah, and I think that from what we started with, I mean, like, we didn't know anything and I just create an Instagram account. It was January 28th. I looked it up last night while I was doing some prep for today because I wanted to talk about, you know, like where when we started our origins. I mean, I, I made this Instagram account because I like beer, bourbon, and barbecue, which you should totally follow me on Instagram. Um, my goal is to get to 1,000 followers by the yeah. end of the year. We'll see if that happens. What are you at right now? Well, uh, this morning, I was at like 760-something. Okay. Um, and like there's some sweet merch on there too you should check it out um of some bourbon shirts and some stickers and yeah, there's some great shirts on there yeah yeah but like i just wanted to share my passion with people and all that and i think i've gotten to learn so much more just through posting pictures and talking to people i know like the dad's drinking bourbon is a regular sunday night thing that i love listening to um so i want to give a shout out to john and zeke um because they've taught me so much. They've let me ask questions and never made me feel stupid about asking questions. I think that's the other thing, too. You know, once you start enjoying bourbon, ask questions, get to know people, 
get to know the experts because at one point in time they were newbies as well. I mean, there's a ton of good podcasts out there for bourbon. Um, the podcast with Will and the Grease. I mean, those guys, they know what I think they say they know Jack, but they'll sure drink it. Um, which I think they're not going to drink it from their last podcast that I listened to, but like getting connected with those people and just learning and seeing what they like and being willing to try something. I, I was listening to another podcast a couple days ago and they were talking about how people are so reliant on reading articles and all that and reading uh, reviews before they buy a bottle of bourbon. And I think the big thing is, you know, like Alex, you were saying, you know, you like to read the reviews and all that because you like to find out, you know, what's good and all that kind of stuff. But if you read like 25 negative reviews, obviously you want to stay away from that bottle. But at the same time, give it a try. You know, let let yourself be a little bit adventurous. I mean, I think that's the best thing. Um, well, and, and yeah, and especially because everyone's palate is so different and everyone's experience is going to be so different. Because um, even, you know, between you and I, Kevin, we, we both love bourbon. And while a lot of them, there's a lot of similar things that we like about it, there's also a lot of different things that we appreciate separately from there. You know, not all bourbon's the same. And so there's a couple of bottles that I appreciate a lot more than you do. And so don't just take somebody's word for it. Don't just what take one of those bottles for be? it. Oh, one of those bottles is... Uh, Basil Hayden's, oh, which <laughs> I think is a, a Jim Beam bottling, is that correct? Yeah, Jim Beam. Um, uh, it's a brand bought probably early 2000s. Okay. I don't have it here in front of me, but from what I remember, it's been a little while since I've had it. It's got um, Maybe when we very, take our break in a few minutes, I'll, I'll go get that bottle. Yeah, we we'll go try, try some. Um, but I, I remember it having a more um, florally notes. I, I think it even says on the label that it's, it's akin to... Um, tea it's kind of got some hints there and it's got a peppery taste too. yeah a little bit so a little spicy a little lighter not as much sweetness as you typically find in a bourbon but you know i grew up uh my my family's from the south so we drink drink tea all the time my mom says she put it in my bottle i don't know if i believe her or not but that's probably true so i think there's you know in, in my palate something that i appreciate more than you do Right. And so I appreciate that bottle. I enjoy that bottle a lot more than you do, which right. works out great for me because you someone gave you here. the bottle and I get to drink it. And it's always going to be here. It's always going to be you drink here. it. He's, I'm he's, pretty sure I've told you like four or five times, just take it home with I you. I know, but if I take it home, I'll it's drink same, it all. It's the same reason I don't. Exactly. I'm going to drink it all at home or I'm going to have something that I know I'm going to like to drink when I'm here. This is true. <laughs> this is true. So, yeah, so don't just, you know, read the reviews, read the descriptions, get people's input, but don't take that as the, the rule of law. And I've, I've listened to a lot of people who've been in the, the um, industry a long time who've said the same thing, you know. I don't. There's, there's one in particular. He's, a, he's got a YouTube channel. He's called The Liquor Hound. Mm -hmm. And he'll do, he does all kinds of reviews. He's been doing it for years and does a great job of pulling out notes and really describing the flavors and scents. But he, he says he doesn't do a rating system because he knows that everyone has a different experience he may like something that somebody else doesn't like or vice versa so why put a rating on it why not just yeah. let a person make up their own mind about it do you find it intimidating watching videos like that and i i've watched like the bourbon pursuit guys they have this massive wall of bourbon behind oh them with gosh. like every bottle of bourbon i want to try like <laughs> like they've got four bottles of pappy on the wall you know and They've got Willet Special Family Reserves, and they've got, you know, just ridiculous. Like, 
Alex, you and I probably, what, three months ago came with our bourbon hunt list. And it's like all the bourbons we want to try. And we've crossed off now three, six, nine of them on the list of probably 25. And they have all 25 of those on their wall right behind them. And they'd be like, just turn around like, I'm just going to open this bottle of Pappy 25 year or my bottle of George T. Stag or, you know. Another life goal. Yes. Yeah, I, I think the, the liquor hound particularly, I, he did a video where he was talking about his collection and I think he said he had over 350 different bottles of bourbon. So that doesn't count the multiples. Those are different bottles. And one, he has all those and that's amazing. But two... There are that many different kinds of bourbons. Yeah. And, and that just adds to the the um, interest level, the, the mystique, the adventure to it of trying all those different ones, seeing all the differences. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that that's the fun part of bourbon hunting and finding bourbons and all that kind of stuff is, you know, going out, learning about new bottles that are coming out, trying new stuff. I know, like, I entered to win a... Well, an invitation to Peerless when it opened, which is a distillery down in Louisville. Um, and it was their first time they had brewed, or brewed, what I'm thinking of beer, first time they distilled bourbon in 125 years since Prohibition. And I was so excited. And then I saw the price tag, and it was a hundred and something dollars. And it was ridiculous. Like, I couldn't pay that much. Like, right now, for me, you know, seventy dollars is a ridiculous price for a bottle of bourbon, and saving up for like a bottle of George T. Stag just seems crazy. I mean, you can't find one on any site for what two hundred dollars, less than two hundred dollars. I mean, and finding it for two hundred dollars is a steal, you know. But you know, the Stag Junior that I want to get, you know, or the um, Elmer T. Lee, you know, those are bottles that I really want to try and find, but. They're 90 bucks, you know, and that, that's not a drop in the hat, you know. So those guys had to spend some big money to get all that kind of stuff. And I think that's where we would like to be at some point in time. But, you know, right now we're happy drinking our bottle of Evan Williams Bottle and Bond or small batch of 1792 or bottle of Eagle Rare for $34, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, well, and that's another nice thing about uh, bourbon and, and whiskey in general that I'm, that I'm finding that is while. Some of the bigger brands, the more expensive stuff, there's definitely some value behind that. But you can get a lot of great, great bottles for under 30 bucks. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and for people who are new, maybe got a little bit into it, maybe haven't tried it yet, you, we, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in, a, oh, yeah. in another episode, but there's a lot of great bottles. You shouldn't need to spend more than $30 to get a really good quality bourbon. And I think bourbon. that's the thing people see is they think, oh, $200, $250, $300, that must be the most amazing bottle of bourbon ever. But, like, the Henry McKinnon bottle was, what? $25. $25, and I think that's my number one on my list, you know? Like, I think that that's... Well, the Evan Williams bottle and Bond is right around there, too. Uh, Evan Williams Bond is $12. Mm -hmm. oh, 12 yeah. to 15 it's way cheaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's I love fun. it, you know. Um, this old granddad that we're going to try in a few minutes, I, I think I bought it for $21 at a local liquor store. I mean, like yeah, that, that. it's not terribly expensive to get good bourbon, you know. Um, and I think we don't always need the 
$100. Yeah, we'd like the $100 bottle. You know, I want a bottle of Stag Jr. at some mm-hmm. point in time. But, you know, I'll wait to get there. You know, we're kind of we're kind of building up our collection slowly. Well, we don't drink it all first. Unfortunately, yeah. So, <laughs> I think that's a great lead into us taking a break for a few minutes. Um, yep. We'll come back and we're going to do a tasting of Old Granddad. Um, I smoked some pork. I was going to do pulled pork, but it turned into sliced pork yesterday or Saturday for my mom's birthday. And then we're going to try some of that too. Um, and we'll be back in a minute. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you're interested in seeing what beer, bourbon, and barbecue was up to before we started a podcast, you can see all the exciting adventures on Instagram at beer underscore bourbon underscore BBQ. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the show and our adventures outside of podcasting. Be sure to check out our cool shirts and stickers available on our website, shopbeerbourbonbbq.com. All right, we are back, and we are ready to do some tasting of some bourbon and some delicious sliced pork. Not pulled pork, sliced pork. Big difference. I saw him use a knife. Yes, I had to cut it up. I did not, didn't pull as well as I hoped it would. But uh, So we're trying Old Granddad Bal and Bon. Um, it is a Beam product. Uh, Old Granddad, if you don't know, is Basil Hayden. Alex's favorite bourbon that I hate. Um, it is a 63% corn, 27% rye, 10% malted barley. Um, being a bottle bond, it has to um, be in a barrel for four years. Has to be 100 proof. Um, exactly. Exactly 100 proof, yes. Uh and we'll probably in a later show get a little bit more into what makes a bottle and bond. Mm-hmm. But um, bottle and bonds are kind of a bang for your buck. Like they're good bourbon that's not terribly expensive. I think, Alex, you and I went to go get this a couple weeks ago, or probably two weeks ago. Yeah. About 20 bucks for yeah. a good bottle of bourbon. Um, so, what do you guys think so far? This is I've had it, Alex. You've had it, Lucas. This is your first time. This is my first time having it. So we've we've pulled up, but not yet read the flavor and aroma profile Mm -hmm. online. But we we're gonna we're gonna do a a sampling of our own and see if we can get close. I've got it here. I'll I'll, since I've had it a bunch of times since it's my bottle. I've like drank it when you guys weren't here because you know. I like to drink bourbon, as we've discussed in the show. I'm gonna have them up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you if you're close or far off or. All Sounds right. Good. Was worried this was gonna happen. This is a quiz, you know. As a teacher, <laughs> I want to test you guys. Yeah, I hate you being here. All right, go ahead and go. So um, I'm so just do your doing, sniff first. Doing the sniff, nosing it, nosing the bourbon, and again. Not very good at this, but getting better. I could actually put some names to things now. Okay. Um, it, it definitely smells sweet. So we're definitely in the sweeter end. Um, getting a bit, um, I would I would say a little bit of florally, a little vanilla. Um, I'd say honey, maybe butterscotch. I don't know if I'd, I probably can't get more specific than that because it is... Uh, Definitely a, a sweeter bourbon compared to some of the others that I've had, so that's mostly what I'm getting. I'm impressed. Okay, Lucas? 
Well, he stole all mine. <laughs> um, the few that I can pick out, he he named those. I, I mean, I was and, before and he said it. What you I was can't see right now is both of you have a flavor wheel in front of you. Yeah, so we're yeah. cheating a we're little. We're cheating more. based off of what flavors it could possibly be. Yeah, we um, narrowed it down a bit. Uh, I mean, the one that I picked out immediately was butterscotch. Okay. Like before he named everything else, it's like, oh, I can smell that too. But like the big one that I thought was like butterscotch mm. when I was looking at this. Okay, so I'm gonna read you the nose review. Okay, and this is from the whiskeyjug.com, which is where I kind of go to get all my bourbon knowledge, I guess, when I'm trying a new bottle. Them and uh, Breaking Bourbon are fantastic sites if you're looking for just to kind of get a review. Um, but the nose I said is a uh, dark, sweet, like caramel and butterscotch, followed by waves of vanilla, caramelized fruit, spiced oak, and raw grain. A touch of veggie, vegetal, vegetal waxiness hides in the background. I don't know what vegetal, veggie, vegetal sure waxiness is, but I like it. I mean, <laughs> it's good. It's definitely hiding. <laughs> I mean, if you would have said, you know, before we tried this and I read this review, what is vegetal waxiness? I've been like, you're just making up words, but okay. I've felt like that before. Okay. Listening to people who know what they're talking about review and pull out all the stuff. I'm like, you're just saying stuff. You you couldn't possibly get all that out of there, but I'm, I'm starting to get it. Yeah. Okay. Definitely okay. takes time. Practice. Okay. So... You've sniffed it. Have you had your first try? Not yet. I did. Okay. Let's let Alex catch up. So, Lucas, what did you notice as you tried it? The taste of it did not taste like it smelled. I thought when I tasted it, it went more towards, like, the spice side of it. Okay. Like, I was getting a lot more, like, I could taste some, like, I guess, pepper type stuff. Okay. Uh, Like, really dark flavors. It didn't have, like, a lot of bright like uh like chocolate or anything like that it was more like yeah i couldn't like it it had kind of that tea taste to it but mostly like tea and peppers what i was tasting okay on my very amateur tongue alex so i'm i'm getting something similar so it's the feel and again feel is something that i'm practicing trying to pick up a little bit more right now i'd say it's see i don't know what to say for it it's i can say it's not oily um so I, I don't know what I would describe that as. A little so fluid, you, liquidy. So you've had a bunch of bottles and bonds. Bottle and bonds. Like we've had McKenna. Yeah, we've had mm-hmm. we tried some Evan Williams earlier today. We're hopefully going to get a bottle of uh, Heaven Hill bottled and bond in a mm. few weeks. Um, comparatively, you know, bottles and bonds are 100 proof. So it's not 90 proof, like a lighter end 80 proof. But at the same time, it's not like a hot bourbon. Like right. how would you feel? Like I think it's a good everyday sipper. Yeah. It is because it it has some heat to it, mm-hmm. um, but it's not hot. You can definitely taste the twenty percent, twenty seven percent rye. Like yeah, yeah, because I I would get a lot of the same flavors that Lucas did, and it it had the sweetness there, um, but there was a lot of spice. So going back to what you said earlier about being able to feel on your tongue mm-hmm. the flavor profile and that's something we'll talk about more later the the tip of the tongue from what we've been told and what i've read is more of the the sweetness is where you're going to get it yeah. and while i felt it close to but it wasn't quite there it wasn't a it's got a lingering mm-hmm. like i still like i just took a sip probably when you started talking and i can still feel that tinglingness on mm-hmm. my tongue yeah yeah and yeah you can definitely feel where it's at so i would say more of that 
lighter, florally, herbally. Oh, not quite herbally. Um, but just that spice more than the sweetness, and the sweetness kind of underlies it. Okay, okay. All right, go for your second sip, boys. While you're sipping that, so Basil Hayden is old granddad, okay? So, like, when you try, like, your Basil Hayden that you like, but your Basil Hayden 114 and all that, all made by originally this guy, you know, who's considered the old granddad. Um, and I, I would say this is, old granddad sometimes looked down upon. Like, it's not a... Like, if you're looking at a shelf, it's, you're on your bottom two rows, but I think it's a good value, I mean, for what you're getting. Okay, you guys have had your second sip. What do you think? So, I'll go first this time. <clears throat> the... You're so polite. <laughs> Thank you. The second sip was sweeter to me. I noticed more of the honey. And I, I think that's where maybe the herbaliness is. It's kind of a sweet herbaliness, like you'd picture honey to be, um, where it's not a thick sweetness. It's more of a light sweetness. Um, so honey, sugary, not not quite like brown sugar, but... Like a caramely taste? Maybe. I, I don't think it's as thick as you'd picture a caramel flavor, but it, okay. it's getting there. Okay. I, I'd, I'd weigh in at around honey. Okay. Lucas? I could not taste any difference. Okay. And I think there was just too much time between the two that I tasted. But I cheated. I went ahead and looked at the notes. So I'm not going to say anything so he can okay. get his three. Okay. <laughs> so then, Alex, go for your last okay. sipping. Because well, and I, while you're doing that, I'm going to say, so the palate of it is a caramely oak spice and vanilla made with bulk flavor and white notes of white pepper. White notes, light notes. Oh my goodness! How much have I had to drink today? Not enough. Light <laughs> notes of white pepper and leather coming up towards the end. It's a bit muted compared to the nose, but still quite a nice overall over. Quite a nice all-around taste. Jeez, you guys would think I like finished off a bottle of bourbon this morning. I Did mean, you? No. No, not yet. The morning's still uh still young. So okay. So third taste alex what'd you think i'm not getting a huge difference this time between two and three i think some of it is we've we've had a few samples before this one and so i'm not getting as much of the acclimation okay because uh, i'm already a little a little acclimated but listening to you describe the palate while i'm tasting it i'm, I'm trying to pick up on some of those things that i wouldn't have said like like you mentioned a, a leathery flavor I've never in a thousand years would have drank something and said, oh yeah, this tastes like leather. But, but how many times have you eaten leather? Zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, this is something to say, time. like, looking at this flavor wheel, I see rose petal. I'm going to have to go taste a rose petal so that I know if I'm tasting that in my bourbon. We'll have that in some uh, four <laughs> roses. We'll try that a little bit later. That's uh... That being said, I can, I, I feel like I can pick up those hints. And I, I can't describe it as much as I could say compared to times where I've smelt leather or been around like real leather like on a coat or something like that. We live in Missouri. Don't you go around licking cows? <laughs> that many cows in Missouri. But I, I, I get it. And, and again, I'm having trouble putting words to it right now. But I get that. And, and again, it is definitely the lighter side of the sweetness of vanilla. I definitely think it carries an oaky flavor though. The all three sips. I mean, you can taste the barrel taste to it. I mean, I definitely think that 
it's got a very strong taste to it that's very pronounced. And I think that is the oakiness of it. Well, and I think that goes into the age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being, we know for sure that it is at least four years old because it is a bottle of the mud. Right. And again, we'll talk about that more later. Um, but I think since it has been in there longer, we're going to get more of the um, characteristics of the barrel than you would from a younger. Right. So what do you guys think? Give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you buy it again? Would you... I would definitely let let you buy it again. <laughs> um, I I would buy that one, and and because it's it's smooth, I, I like those lighter flavors. I don't. I I appreciate. It I don't think I, I would mix it with anything. Like I think it's just a neat bourbon I would drink. I think like, it would be mm-hmm. hidden very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You would lose the taste of it. I'd rather have like a grand, old granddad one fourteen to mix with something that's yeah. gonna kick you in the ass, you know, like as you I drink so. it. Yeah. Yeah, and especially for the price point, like I think it was marked at seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So with tax, yeah. you know, you're you're not spending more than twenty probably. Right. Um, it's definitely a good flavor for that, and something, you know, you can buy. You can spend twenty bucks on a bottle of bourbon and have a little sip every night for a couple of weeks and be yeah. good to go. Yeah. So I definitely think it's a good thing. All right. So now we're going to try some pulled sliced pork that I made this weekend, sliced and it's pork. probably cooled down a little bit. So. Um, this was a pork shoulder that I got, um, and I used, um, some Buffalo Trace, uh, bourbon char while I smoked it, and I used some, uh, just kind of a peppery garlic kind of rub to it with a little brown sugar and honey, uh, and then smoked it with, like I said, the bourbon char and some cherry and some hickory. Alex, you've got an interesting face. <laughs> what? It's delicious. <clears throat> it's really saying. good. Good job. Good job. It's really good. I'm going to pass the bowl around again. Do you That's want to do another piece? Um, so, I was very disappointed when I smoked it. I did it for about five and a half, six hours. Um, and I didn't get it hot enough to pull, I found out. So I was talking with some people that I know who do a lot of barbecuing. Um... And it's still really good, though. Like, I'm okay with it not pulling. Um, I think actually slicing makes it a little bit better for a sandwich um, than, you know, pulling it. Um, And we're doing it without barbecue sauce. I I should have brought down... I made homemade barbecue sauce to go with it, but I don't think it needs barbecue sauce. Mm -mm. No, it's really good. It's got a lot of flavor in it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, not pulling it makes it to where like it almost tastes like pulled pork it almost has that taste but having it together like this if you slice into bigger pieces you could throw it on like a hoagie bun mm-hmm. and we did pretzel rolls the other night uh, good cheese oh yeah a good harsh flavored cheese i did it with a kobe jack okay that was pretty good i think a munster would be good too munster a munster family Herman Munster cheese. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I'm, I mean, except for not pulling, I'm pretty happy with it. Alex, stop eating it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I definitely would like to make more of it, um, to have some more. Um, I think we're going to, after we get done, we'll probably eat the rest of it. Um, 
And I'll, I'll do some more smoked meats for you. I think in the future we've kind of planned out maybe doing a live outdoor podcast out by my barbecue smoker. And we'll do like a turkey or something like that. Something fun like that. But uh, Like up the fire pit so you can hear the, the wood crackle. Yeah, yeah. We'll stick a microphone. Lucas, we'll take your microphone and stick it in my barbecue pit. You're not sticking my microphone in the barbecue pit. The five-hour podcast. Yes, yes. We'll cut it down. We won't make you listen to all five hours. (laughs) Unless you want to. Unless you want to pay for the unedited (laughs) five-hour sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue podcast. Of which the last two hours will probably us sitting in silence. Because at that point we'll have had a lot of bourbon. Or beer. Or barbecue. I think maybe we should stick to the bourbon when we're eating it, and then we'll drink beer beforehand. Good call. All right, so bottle and bond, uh, old granddad. We're we're giving it a good. You should probably buy a bottle, pick it up. It's a good one to have in your bar. Mm-hmm. If you're having friends over, something you don't mind sharing when your cheapskate friends come over and drink all your bourbon. Um, <laughs> right, you too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, Stop inviting us. So we want to end our show with our pick of the week. And we talked about what we want to do with our pick of the week. Um, And I think my pick of the week for this week, and we're going to do it not just beer, bourbon, and barbecue. Like sometimes we may have a beer, bourbon, and barbecue pick of the week. But just what are we interested in this week? Mine's going to be the breakfast crunch wrap. At Taco Bell. We had one this morning before we started recording. It's a bad idea. It was a terrible idea, but it was so good and so tasty. You should definitely wake up early this week and go get one before which, you go to work. Which meat did you get in yours, Kevin? I got the bacon, and it was perfectly crisp, fake bacon. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I got the steak. And while I never would have called the meat inside that steak... It was, it was delicious. Okay, okay. I went with bacon. So Their sausage not. is good, too. I've had the sausage. I like the sausage, but the bacon tastes like bacon bits on a hash brown. And there's something you can't go wrong with that fresh, crispy hash brown inside of it. Oh, it's good. It's real good. It's really, it is big. All right, so what's your pick of the week this week? Alex, Lucas, who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay, Lucas, what's your pick of the well, week? My pick of the week is, is something on topic. It is a beer. Okay. It is actually the one that I am keeping... All the time at my house right now, and that is. The oh, moment. I know what this is. <laughs> what is guess? it? Do you want to guess what it is? No, I know what it is because it is my favorite and only Russian beer I've ever had in my yes. entire life. <laughs> it's the Baltica Seven, which they have a whole bunch in their line, but the Baltica Seven is more like an export lager. Uh, it's. Hold on, I have a bottle of that. Oh, you really keep talking. Tasty. I'll be right back. Uh, not crazy alcohol volume. It's five point four percent. Uh, it just tastes good. It's something I can drink year round. It's not something that's like a super refreshing beer, but it's except not everything's super in Russian, dark. so we can't even read you anything about it. <laughs> Here, you can at least hold it. It's cool. I can hold it. Oh, it is cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one that I currently have. A you have over. a case. Of. I have a half a case left. Because I came over to your house so, and drank a bunch of yeah, it. Yeah, we've we've gone through one and almost a half cases. Uh, I'm going to have to, if you live in St. Louis and you want to try some of this, come uh, to Lucas's house. I am the closest distributor right now. Uh, <laughs> the next one would be Champagne or Chicago. Other than that, you're out of luck as far as the seven goes. They carry other ones in St. Louis, but, uh, don't waste pick, your time. My pick is the Baltica seven. Okay. Alex, what is your pick of the week? So mine for this week is also a little on topic, even though we didn't spend much time talking about beer. 
Uh, mine will be the Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat, trying to get into the fall season. Hold on, hold on. I know my, my friends here don't appreciate Blue Moon as much as I do. It's not though. so much a Blue Moon, it's a pumpkin beer. I don't mind Blue Moon. I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I'm not going to go out and find a Blue Moon to drink, but, you know. Well, while I appreciate their opinions, I, I still like a good Blue Moon. And I like getting into the season of fall. I love fall. Me and my wife, it's our favorite season. Drink an Oktoberfest. Ooh, Oktoberfest are also very good, but that is We'll get into that. That's a whole other show. That'll be another week. And this week is the, the, again, the Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. In my opinion, of the pumpkin beers that I've had, it is one of the best, um, has the best equilibrium of flavors. It's not overly pumpkin-y. You still get that good weeded Blue Moon flavor along with the pumpkin. And I went as far as to try to make a... Uh, a beer cheese dip with it, and while it didn't quite serve the purpose that I wanted it to, it would be very good as a, um, a fondue cheese that I thought I, I made it with some sharp cheddar, and it would have been really good with like some sliced apple or something to kind of match that sweetness with the pumpkin in there, but it was pretty good. Blumen's always a good price, easy to find, so if you like pumpkin beer or want to try pumpkin beer, give it a shot. I have a question. If no matter who you are, if you get drunk off of... Blue Moon Pumpkin Beer, does that mean you got white girl wasted? That's <laughs> another that That's another topic for another <laughs> night. <laughs> I have a follow-up, though. If I get a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks and add the pumpkin beer to it, it will it go together? Well, I've not tried that. I would say that I would be willing to try that. I'm willing to try Maybe that will things. be our next show live on air. <laughs> Alex tries pumpkin spice latte mixed with pumpkin spice beer. I think adding beer to Starbucks pumpkin spice latte would finally give some grounds for the hype that they managed to build up every year for that nonsense. Your wife's a big pumpkin spice latte fan, Lucas, isn't oh. she? Uh, yeah, she already had her first one of the year. Her mom brought it to her. Uh, and yes, she loves anything pumpkin spice. Alright, well, I think this is a fantastic first podcast. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at beerbourbonbbq at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you've got questions, if you want to tell us, hey, I really liked your podcast, or hey, you guys suck and have no idea what you're talking about. We'll listen to those and delete your nasty, hateful troll comments. Um <laughs> I also have a website, uh, shopbeerbourbonbbq.com, where you can pick up some awesome t-shirts and swag and all amazing things designed by my amazing wife. Um, and we would love for you to do that. Um, it helps us buy more bottles of bourbon because my cheap friends won't buy their own bottles. I want to throw it around the table real quick. Uh, pull your Instagram account. Um, Tell us what are you posting and all that. So, Alex, we'll start with you. Sure, yeah. If you want to follow me um, on Instagram, I'm the.alex.experiment. Um, just like to post, try new things. One of those new things you can find is my attempt at making a, a pumpkin beer cheese dip. And uh, I still hold that it was pretty good. So, yeah, follow me there. And you'll have new pictures of your new kid in December, right? Yeah, I'm having a, our, our first baby. It'll be... Uh, girl her name's gonna be eleanor um december 18th we'll see how that works around the the release of the new star wars film 
Hopefully I get to see it. We'll see what happens. But yeah, all okay. those exciting experiments there on Instagram for you. All right, Lucas. Uh, you can follow me at Lucas Ellers, and you're just going to get a lot of pictures of food, my kids, cars. Your giant porg my stuffed. My giant porg is on there. I'm going to have to upload the video later of it so you guys can see it. Um, if you don't know what a porg is, it's like a Star Wars penguin. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, I got one of those, and so it, all that stuff's on there. I try and post this any time I'm at a a concert or anything like that they i put up as much stuff as i can and anytime we're on here we'll be posting pictures and stuff too so and i'm kevin if you want to follow me at beer bourbon bbq um i try and post a lot of bourbon and barbecue and beer and just things around here in st louis outside of st louis just trying to make connections um and talk about those three things that we love so Last thoughts. Anybody got any final thoughts? No? No? Nope. I think it's a great first podcast, and we hope that you continue to get sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.